trying to compose myself and get myself together. But uh, man, it's um, an exciting day here at the church, and it kind of had a fall, kind of a fall feel this morning. It wasn't as hot, but uh, it was. It's still hot, <laughs> but it wasn't as hot, so that was that was good. But man, we're in the middle of our uh, sermon series entitled "Move That Mountain." Y'all say, "Move that mountain." And so this is week four, and all the notes for this message and all the previous messages, you can download our app uh, online. You can go to that, download the app uh, on the Google Play or the App Store for iPhones, and you can follow along. You can add your notes, and you can see all the notes for all those messages. And again, for the message here today. Uh, man, before we get started, there's two things I just want to kind of highlight uh, before we get started. One, I know that was a, a very uh, tragic event that happened yesterday, and I just want to let everyone in the sanctuary know that we have counseling available for all of you that are still mourning the loss of Alabama uh, <laughs> yesterday. I know y'all suffered a devastating loss to Tennessee. So we have counseling available for you guys. I know y'all suffered a broken heart Hadn't lost to him in 15 years, but uh, we have counseling available for you guys. Just wanted that to be, let that, let that be known. We, they weren't rolling yesterday. <laughs> but yes, counseling is available if you need it. You're still mourning. <laughs> I'm just joking. But, uh, but also, but this is serious. Now, this is serious. But I do want to highlight my beautiful wife tomorrow. Oh, yesterday... She had the awesome privilege to preach a gospel message at this uh, fest called Yes Fest. It was actually in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and it was headlined by Carrie Job and her husband, Cody Corns. So they led worship, and before they went on, tomorrow went on and preached the gospel message to literally thousands of people at uh, the Baton Rouge Fairgrounds. And I thought it was so cool that the city that she got saved in, that God would send her back to go preach the gospel to see other people get saved. And she did a great job, and I just want to say, good job, baby. You did a great job allowing the Lord to use you for his glory. But, uh, yes, but let's get started. Excuse me. <coughs> let's get started for this week. This is week four of Move That Mountain. And our key verse, again, is from Mark. Uh, I'm losing my notes. It's from Mark chapter 11, verse 23. It says, I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, you may be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, thank you again for another opportunity to come into your presence. I pray that you would speak clearly to our hearts today. We bind the enemy that will try to hinder or distract what you want to do today. Be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So the mountain that we're talking about today is the mountain of religion, the mountain of religion. And religion can be a, a mountain. And when I I'm going to kind of come at it from a different angle. But the perspective I want you to think of when I'm talking about a religion is religion in itself is all about me. It's all about what I know, what I do. I need you to respect me. If we look at in the Bible, the Pharisees, the Pharisees, they walked around with their robes and they knew all the scriptures and they walked around everywhere that they went. They wanted people to identify them and to respect them. 
and to recognize me as, hey, I'm a scribe or I'm a Pharisee. Look how much I know. And it was all about the show. It was all about the outward performance. But on the inside, their hearts really were far away from God because they actually made demands on people that they didn't live up to themselves. And Jesus even warned his disciples. He was like, he was like hey, listen to what they say, but don't follow their example. What was he saying? He said, they're saying the right thing, but their heart and their actions are far away from me. Like they have nothing. They're not in relationship with me. And that got me to thinking when I first got saved, people would always say, oh, it's so good to see a young man serving the Lord. Oh, it's so good to see you serving in the house of the Lord and, and you're doing good, you're serving. And it felt good. And I'm like, yeah, I am. I'm, I'm serving the Lord. I'm young. I'm, I'm serving the Lord. I'm in the house of the Lord. And it could very easily get, I could easily get caught up in the fact that people are always telling me, you're doing a great job. And it's, the attention is always on me of what I'm, you're doing a great, keep up the good work. I love to see a young man. It, you don't see young men in the house of the Lord anymore. And all these things, it could go to your head where you could think of the outside appearance and you could think, well, people think I have it together. But inside, my heart could be far away from the Lord. And I could have stopped right there and said, you know what? Well, people think I'm doing a good job. I think I have their approval, so I think I'm good. And my pursuit of the Lord can stop. And then I can move into religion where I'm just playing the game where everything on the outside seems like I'm doing good. But in, inwardly, I have no relationship with the Lord at all. And I can put on a good act. And, uh, and y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all know the people, they can put on a good act. They can quote all the scriptures, but then they don't. When they, when they get out of your presence, they go living the way they want to live. It's like, wait a minute, what happened to all these scriptures you were quoting? Why don't you put some of these scriptures into action? What is that? That's religion. And religion, what it does is eventually religion, it makes your relationship with the Lord feel like a duty or a burden. Over time, it makes you feel like, man, this is a duty and this is a burden to serve the Lord because that's what religion does. It wants to rob you of your devotion. That word, not devotions, but devotion. Your devotion to the Lord. That's what, that's what religion wants to do. And my relationship with tomorrow, it's not a duty. I don't feel like it's a burden at all. Now, some of the things when we first got married, community, like that could feel like a duty at first. Like, man, this is hard. What is, what is going on? This feels, I got to sit and talk again. Like this, it could feel like a duty. But over time, what felt like a duty or a burden actually became a joy. It actually became something that I look forward to because why? Our devotion for each other began to grow. And when our devotion grew, it made it seem like something that was a duty or a burden. Now it seems like this is a joy. This is easy. But religion wants to take that de uh, devotion away and say, this is, this is too hard. This is too much. Why you got you to gotta read your Bible again? You got to go to church again. You got to pray again. And it makes it feel like, oh, yeah, you're right. I got to pray again. I got to do it. And, and it robs you away of your devotion. When I went to, and I'm going to tell you, what. so when we talk about devotion, so what is devotion? Devotion is this. Devotion is habits or practices that prevent neglect of what or who you love. I'll say it again. Devotion is habits or practices that prevent neglect of what or who you love. Devotion is also above duty or discipline. 
Devotion is above duty or discipline. Again, as I mentioned before, you could be disciplined in something, but that don't mean you're devoted to it. Like I could be, what if I just say, well, my relationship with the Lord is, is I'm just disciplined. Well, that's great. But at one point, when, when, when the discipline is, is strict and, and is rigorous and it feels like a duty and there's no devotion, I'll get tired of doing it, even though I'm disciplined in it. Like, I could be disciplined in reading my word every day, but still not connect with the God at all. I'm just doing it because I'm disciplined in it. But devotion says I'm committed to this because of the love that I have for the Lord. I'm a, I, he has my heart's desire. I, I would search him because of who he is and what he's done for me. And there's a joy in my heart. I'm devoted to him. He has my all. Now I moved into, I moved from discipline to devotion. But some of us, we get fixed that I got to be disciplined. Yes, you need to be disciplined, but discipline doesn't come before devotion. I need to be devoted. Amen. Also, devotion is love and fellowship based. It's love and fellowship based. Devotion is all about Love and fellowship, spending quality time together. When I get in the presence of the God, I don't feel like, well, God going to say this time? How much, how much longer it's going to be? How, how much time I have to spend? No, when I get in his presence, I can't wait to, God, I love you. God, I'm so thankful for who you are. I thank you for saving me. I thank you for what you've done and what you will do. I thank you for moving in the room and touching people's heart and changing people and delivering people. What is that? That's my love, and I'm spending time with him in fellowship. And when you make a practice of devotion and, spend, and, and is rude, and it not, it's not rude, but rooted in love and fellowship, guess what? Now you moved into devotion. Now you move from devotion instead of duty and discipline. Now I'm rooted in love and fellowship. Also, devotion is not law versus grace. It's not law versus grace. It's love versus neglect. It's love versus neglect. Things that you don't love, you eventually neglect. Anything that you don't love, you eventually neglect. You ever, when you get that brand new car, boy, you wash it every day. You take care of it. You clean it up real good. 10 years, 15 years go by. What happened to that same devotion that you had to that car? That love, what happened to the love for the car? What, it went away. Why? Because the spark of the excitement or whatever it was, it went away. Now what was something that you love is now neglect. Or that new shiny electronic device that you needed. Oh, you had to have it. And you got it. And boy, you was excited about it. And then it's just in a pile of other things as well. Now it's neglected. What is that? Love versus neglect. The things that you love, you devoted to it. When I went a few years ago, I went on a missions trip to, to Cuba. And I noticed that we went to downtown uh, Havana, and I noticed that the architecture of the buildings and everything, I was like, this is a beautiful city. But I also noticed this one thing, too. It's been neglected. I was like, they have neglected this building for decades, these buildings for decades. And even though it was still beautiful, I could only imagine what was it like in its heyday when they loved it and they cared for it. What did this place really look like? Because it's beautiful now that it's old and it's run down and neglected, but I can only imagine how it looked when there was love and care in that. That's how it is with our relationship with God. How was it when you first got saved? Boy, you were excited. Boy, you, you couldn't wait to get in your word. You couldn't wait to get in prayer. But over time, something that you loved, it turned into neglect. Oh, I'll get to it when I can. I got a lot going on today. I'm just tired. I don't know if I feel like it today. I'll get to it when I can. Something that you love 
eventually went to neglect. But devotion says, I'm in it for, I, I'm, I'm devoted to it because I love it, and I'm not going to allow it to be neglected. Amen. So today, I want to give you a few areas of how you can overcome religion by devotion. But before we do that, I want to read this verse in Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 2. It says, go and shout this message to Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says. I remember how eager you were to please me as a young bride long ago, how you loved me and followed me even through the barren wilderness. I remember how eager you were to please me as a young bride long ago, how you loved me and followed me through the barren wilderness. What is the Lord saying there? You were devoted to me. I want your devotion back. When it, when it was young and it was exciting, when we first, it was, I want your devotion back. You were committed to, I want that devotion back. Ezekiel chapter 16, verse 8, it says, And I have passed by again, and I saw that you were old enough for love, so I wrapped my cloak around you to cover your nakedness and declared my marriage vows. I made a covenant with you, says the sovereign Lord, and you became mine. What is that? God said, I want to put my cloak or I want to cover you. I want to protect you. I want you to come on and I want you to be in relationship with me. I want you to be mine. What is he saying? I want to be devoted to you. But what else are we, it's two, two, two sides of that coin. He wants to be devoted to us, but we have to be devoted to him. But religion will strip you away from your devotion. Again, it will make it feel like a duty and a burden. But God said, no, go back to your first love when you first met me. How much were you devoted to me? Let's get back to that devotion. So how do we, what are areas that we need devotion in or to make sure the devotion is a top priority? The first area that we need devotion in is devotion to prayer. Devotion to prayer. Again, not a duty, not a discipline, but devotion. Devotion. And these are three elements of prayer. There's three elements of prayer that we need to be mindful of. The first one is waiting. That could be the hardest one. How many of y'all like waiting for stuff? Nobody. Oh, it's one person. One person said they like waiting. Everybody else, I want it now. Just don't tell me you got a surprise for me. Give it to me now. It's like, but there's a, when it comes to God, sometimes we have to wait on things to come for God. And sometimes we have to wait on him to speak. And what it takes is for us to silence ourselves and to sit still in silence and say, God, I'm just going to wait on you. And sometimes it could take two minutes. Sometimes it could take five minutes. Sometimes it could take 15 to 20 minutes if you wait that long. But some of you, oh, I can't wait that long. If you ain't speaking five minutes, I'm gone. <laughs> but it's, we, have to, we have to be devoted to say, God, I'm going to sit patiently and I'm going to wait on you to speak to me. I guarantee you, if you make a practice every day, just do five minutes. Start, just say, every day I'm going to be devoted to wait on the Lord for five minutes in quiet and silence. I guarantee you, God will begin to speak to you in five minutes. In five minutes. You say, well, that's a long time, Pastor. Start at two minutes and work your way up to five. But what I'm saying is, be devoted to waiting on the Lord in prayer. Because I'm telling you, he will speak to you. The second element of prayer that we can't neglect is, is worship. Worship is a key component to prayer. I was in here yesterday, and I was telling tomorrow, before I even prayed, I spent a few hours just in here worshiping. Like, I didn't, before I uttered a prayer, I just walked around and sat down, and 
almost took a nap, had to wake up like, whoa, let me get myself out of it. But I was in the presence of the Lord worshiping, spending time singing praises and declaring our love for the Lord. He doesn't get tired of you singing your praises to him. I sing praises to your name. Oh, boy, when you sing to the Lord, it gets his attention. Oh, my son and daughter is singing to me. Oh, what are they talking about today? Let me shower my, my presence on them. Let me touch them right now because they're going through something. I want to let them know that I'm there with them. What is that? That's when we worship him. But we can't neglect our devotion to worship. It has to be a love of, it's like, man, I'm, the God, I'm devoted to you. I'm going to worship you. Well, I was just made the joke about uh, Alabama earlier, but they got people that's devoted to Alabama. They got people devoted to whatever your team is. They got some people that's devoted to their teams, and they're going to worship their teams. And I'll be doggone if I let them worship me, them, their teams more than I worship my God. But some people, boy, you get them in an arena and their favorite team, they go crazy. You get them in a church service, they quiet. They don't move. It's like, why is church services so quiet but the games are so loud? Because they're more passionate about the team than they are God. But that's worship. That's who, who has their worship, that team. Obviously, God doesn't have their worship. That team has their worship. And I'm not going to allow my affection for anything be more passionate than I am about my worship for God. But that's the second element of prayer is worship. Third area of prayer is warfare. That's warfare. What is this? This is praying and declaring protection for you, your family, and those around you. Declaring the scriptures and the promises of God. You know, one of the most helpful things that you can do for yourself is just to declare the scriptures. Just declare the scriptures over you and your family. Like we just saying that song, speak the name of Jesus, Jesus over my family. Like just declaring the name of Jesus over your family. I speak healing over my family. I don't know if anybody's sick, but I speak healing. I don't know what anybody's walked through, but I speak freedom. I speak peace. And we declare the, the, the scriptures and we do warfare with the enemy because we know the enemy is going to attack at some point. But what I'm going to do is, I'm going to be on the proactive, and I'm going to come, and I'm going to say, devil, I'm going to beat you to it. I'm going to declare the scriptures over you, over my family, over myself, and those around me. This is a good uh, uh, passage of scripture to declare. It's Psalms chapter 112. Psalms chapter 112, verse 1 through 10. It says, praise the Lord. How joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying his commands. Their children will be successful everywhere. An entire generation of godly people will be blessed. They themselves will be wealthy. How many of y'all want to be wealthy? They themselves will be wealthy, and their good deeds will last forever. Light shines in the darkness for the godly. This is a dark world, but the light shines on the godly. They are generous, compassionate, and righteous. Good comes to those who lend money generously and conduct their business fairly. Such people will not be overcome by evil. Those who are righteous will be long remembered. They do not fear bad news. They confidently trust the Lord to take care of them. They are confident and fearless and can face their foes triumphantly. They share freely and give generously to those in need. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. They will have influence and honor. The wicked will see this and be infuriated. They will grind their teeth in anger. They will slink away their hopes toward. What does that mean? This is something you need to pray over your family. And there's so many other promises and scriptures that you declare. I just, I just chose this. 
But you, can, you, can, you can't go wrong with declaring any of it. But get you some scriptures, get you some, some, uh, uh, some passages that you can say, hey, print them out, write them down, put them on your refrigerator, put them on your bathroom mirror, put them in your car, whatever you got to do. And I'm going to declare these every day. So the first area of devotion that we have to do to overcome religion is devotion to prayer. Second thing is this, devotion to the word. Devotion to the word. So what does this mean? That means we need to read the word. We need to read the word daily. Read the word daily. This is, and again, yes, we need to be disciplined, but it has to be out of a heart of devotion. And so when I first started reading my Bible, it felt like a chore. I'm not even going to lie to you. I was like, man, I got to read it again. I just read it yesterday. I was like, I just read this, and I got to read it again. And what started out as a discipline and as a duty eventually became the joy of my, like, I can't wait to get in the word of God because I know he's going to speak to me some kind of way. I was like, I don't know what what chapter is going to be or what verse, but I know God's going to speak to me through his word. And it's a joy, and it's my devotion to him that says, I got to get in the word daily. And so now I've moved from a place of that was a duty. Now it's a devotion. And I say, I love spending time in the word of God daily. Second thing is you need to study the word. Study the word so it gets deep inside your heart. It's nothing like being in a situation where you're like, God, I need something right now. And then he could drop a scripture right there on the moment. And you like, where did that come from? Because you've been studying the word and it's deep in your heart. And when you begin to study the word and you can even begin to quote scriptures of like a few of you ain't got to know the whole Bible, but get you one or two scriptures that you know that you have deep inside of you that's in your heart. And boy, when the enemy tries to come, nope, I declare this over the enemy. And then he'll go run. Okay, boy, they know the word. I'm good. on out here. And and he's going on moving. What is that? Study the word. Get it deep inside your heart. And the third thing is with the word prepare the word. What does this mean? Get a journal. Write down the revelation that God gives you so you can encourage yourself and others as well. There will be times where you could look back in your journal at the revelation that God gave you and say, I remember that time. I remember I was walking through this and God gave me that word. And you can encourage yourself in the things of God. And it's, I'm telling you, it always happens like this. I read the word. God will give me something. I'll talk to somebody later that day. And I said, the Lord just showed me something in the word today. Let me share it with you. And then the thing, very thing that the Lord shared me, I can share with them and encourage them. What is that? that? That is, I'm studying the word. I'm preparing myself because I know that, hey, I need to prepare the, the word not only for myself, but there could be others around me that I can encourage them with the word as well. How many of y'all know there's people around us, they need the word? <laughs> but as we write down our revelation, write down those things, because you'll be amazed that if you could go back and look at your journals, that could be a scripture this year that you read, and then you come back next year, you can get something totally different. Like, God showed me this this time, but this time he gave me something totally different. What is that? Because his word is alive and active. It's alive and active, and it's always speaking. We just have to prepare ourselves and calm ourselves down and say, you know what? I'm going to spend some time and be devoted in the word. Amen? So the first thing, we devote it to the word, to, um, to prayer. Second, we devote it to the word. The third is our devotion to our spouse. You say, well, what does this got to do with religion? Again, all religion is is an outward front. You could put on a good front that you're a good husband or a wife to everybody else and that your marriage is great. Hello, this is my pumpkin. 
Isn't she so beautiful? And then you get in the car, everybody mugged up. You want to go? I guess I'll go eat with you. I really don't want to, but I'm hungry. And then you can get in the car, and it's, and it's like, well, what happened to Pumpkin? And, 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 and Sweet Cheeks and all these little names that y'all were saying in front of everybody else. What is it? That's a, it's an act. It's a front. They're just saying that I'm putting on a good face, but actually things are not really going good at all. So you have to be devoted. Again, what is devotion? I'm going to go back to the definition of devotion. Devotion is habits or practices that prevent neglect of what or who you love. So obviously you should love your spouse. You married them. <laughs> you should be devoted to your spouse. Be devoted to your spouse. And what do I need to be devoted to my spouse in? Conversation. Be devoted in conversation. Spend quality time having uninterrupted conversation with each other. That is a key to, like I said before, maybe at the beginning it may feel like, man, I got to talk again. Like we just talked yesterday. What else you want to talk about? <laughs> but over time it could become a devotion. And you say, you know what? I'm going to spend, un <laughs> y'all laughing because y'all know it's true. Like, man, we just talked for about two hours. We, you you want to talk again? <laughs> But, but devotion, when you're devoted, you say, you know what? I'm going to spend quality time. I'm going to make, a, I'm going to get off, I'm going to turn off all distractions and we're going to spend some quality time and we're going to sit and we're going to talk. We're going to have conversation. Another thing is, how do you be devoted to your spouse? Prioritize them. Make your spouse a priority and not give them the, the end of the day when you're tired. When you come home from work, you're like, how was your day? I'm tired. You're sitting there falling asleep. No, give them, the, give them the best of your day. You give everybody else the best of your day, you need to give your spouse the best of your attention as well, the best of your energy, the best of your time. Make them a priority. Make them feel prioritized. And this is a key. I'm going to just give the, the husbands a little, a little key here. You can always tell the happiness of the marriage by the wife. You can always look at the wife and tell really how good the marriage is really going because the wife going to tell the truth. The husband, he could put on a good front, but the wife, she ain't going to hide it. I'm not happy. He getting on my nerves. You need to talk to him, Pastor. The, the wife is going to let you know how really her face in that when because you can see the wife standing back there when he talking. He lying. <laughs> and I'm telling you, the wife will always show what's really going on. That's just a little, just letting you know. Make her a priority. And wives, you make your husband a priority too, not your girlfriends. But the wife has to be a priority. The spouse, your spouse has to be a priority. And the third thing, just what we read earlier in the scriptures, that Jesus, uh, uh, God, he wanted to put his cloak around us. He wanted to be, he wanted to cover us. You need to cover your spouse. Cover them in prayer. Cover them with your words. Cover them with your actions. Meaning that I'm not giving you any suspicious activity that's going on with me. I'm devoted to you. I'm covering you with my actions. I'm covering you with my words. So when I speak to you, I'm speaking life-giving words over you, not words that tear you down or bring you down. But I'm covering you in those areas. So we have to be in, uh, devoted to conversation, make them a priority, and cover them in prayer with our words and with our actions. Fourth area of devotion, you need to be devoted to your family. Devoted to your family. Make family nights a priority. Create family traditions. You know, there's all types of family traditions. I heard one family, their tradition was they would just get in the car 
and they would just let the children decide which car are we going to follow. <laughs> and they would literally get in the car <laughs> and follow a car. That's what they were tradition. Let's follow that car. And they would get behind the car, and they would follow the car wherever they went. That was their family tradition. Now, I wouldn't, I wouldn't advise you doing that nowadays. <laughs> this was years ago. I wouldn't advise you doing that nowadays. But you can make a family tradition out of anything. Anything. Like, birthdays could be family traditions. Where you could just say, hey, we're going to make big celebrations of birthdays. Or Christmas traditions. Hey, on the night before Christmas, we all wear pajamas. I don't know. Whatever it is. But make family traditions. Because you know what? Kids always remember that. Kids will always remember those family traditions growing up. Even you adults, you remember the traditions you had when you were younger. And you say, oh, I remember when we used to do this. They used to be so much fun. But make family traditions because kids, they always remember that. Make vacations a priority. You know, we, as a family tradition, we try to go on, uh, when Camden's on spring break, we go on vacation. We do, when she gets out of school, we go on a big summer family vacation. And we try to do a couple others in between. But those are the two main that we do. A spring break and a summer vacation when she gets out of school. Those are the two pillars, and we try to fill in the other ones when we can. But we try to make her look forward to things that are, up to, that are coming up. Also, schedule family game nights or movie nights. Make dinner and conversation around the table a priority where you can discuss everyone's day and where everybody feels valued and loved. One of the greatest joys that we have is we sit down at the table, and Camden likes to do, she's like, what was your high and what was your low today? She loves to ask, what's your high and your low? And so we'll go around the table, and everybody share their high for the day and their low for the day. And we know when she has a low day, because it's like, well, and she'll drop a little head. And then we have to say, you know what, this is something that really was low for her. So we need to give her our undivided attention and really love on her in this moment, because this really affected her. But that is a great way to find out what's going on in each other's lives. Hey, let's just sit around the table and share a meal together. And just, hey, let's just, how was your day? What was your high? What was your low? So it might be kind of awkward at first if you're not used to it. But if you make a practice of it, I'm telling you, it'll be the highlight of your night. It's saying, you know what, we're going to share a meal together. We're just going to sit around the table and discuss each other's day. So we're devoted to prayer. We're devoted to the word. We're devoted to our spouse. We're devoted to our family. And the last devotion is devotion to your church. Devotion to your church. Be devoted to a part of the vision of the church and find yourself, find a place for you to serve. Finding purpose and serving in church will bring a sense of fulfillment and purpose. You know, sometimes the reason that you don't find fulfillment and purpose in your relationship with God is because you're not serving. But when you begin to serve a vision of the house, I'm telling you, there's something that unlocks on the inside of you where you feel like, you know what, I feel like I'm actually doing something now. But, but if you don't, you feel like, I feel like there's more. I feel like I should be doing something with it that, that's the God saying, I need you to serve. Because all of us are here to put on this planet to serve each other. But more importantly, when we come into a, as, a, as a group of believers, when we serve the vision of the house, guess what? Now we're serving the kingdom of God. And when you begin to serve the kingdom of God, stand, heaven stands at attention. God begins to move. And, and miracles begin to happen. And breakthrough begins to take place and revival begins to happen and change begins to happen in your family. Why is all that happening? Because you participate in the serving in the kingdom of God. All those things happen. I'm telling you, my life totally changed when I started serving in the local church. At first, I was just attending 
and that was great. I was reading the word I'm out, but when I started serving, I started having meaningful relationships. I started growing in my understanding. I started getting around some men that, that could mentor me and teach me. At the time, obviously, I was young and single, and they, I saw what it like, hey, this is what godly example of married men look like. So this is, I need to be around them. And all these things began to take place. Be devoted to the activities of the church. What is this? Sunday service, prayer, life groups, and serve days. Anytime there's an opportunity to be a part of what's going on, be a part of what's going on. Be devoted. Be devoted to making new friends and doing life together outside of church because some of the most meaningful relationships I have, will, I have still to this day were formed inside the church. And those are, what, what, what do we have in common? Jesus. And in any dispute, any argument, we always go back to Jesus, and we can get it back on track. But I look at relationships that weren't founded on Jesus. When there's a split, it's over. Because there's usually nothing to come back to. It's like, well, what was keeping us together was Jesus. Well, well, whatever we used to do, but I don't do that anymore. So now the relationships are it's over. But, but when you have relationships were rooted in Christ, Guess what? Even if there's a rift or a disagreement, you can always come and say, you know what? I know this happened. I apologize. I, I, I want to be the peacemaker in this. I want to make things right between us. Why is that? Because there's Jesus in the, in, the, in, the, uh, in the midst. But when Jesus is not that foundation, guess what? Relationships, be, it's, it's over. Because there's nothing that we can draw from to, 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 to keep us together. But again, the, the, the devotions. Devotion help you overcome religion. Devotion helps you be devoted to the people and the places, the people and the things that you love the most. Devotion to God. That's the ultimate priority who we should be devoted to is we should be devoted to God. It shouldn't be a duty. It shouldn't feel like a burden. If you say it feels like that right now, just open up your heart and say, God, help me fall more in love with you. Help me fall more in love with your word. Help me fall more in love with prayer. Help me fall more in love with worship. And I'm telling you, the more you open up your heart to God and the more you let him in, it will stop feeling like a duty and a burden, and you will find yourself in the place of devotion. We say, now I'm overflowing out of the love of my heart. Now when I get in the word, it's a joy. Now when I get in your presence, I can't help but cry because of all the things that you have done. And he can begin to heal your heart. He could begin to touch your heart and speak to you in ways that you never thought. God, how did you know that was in my heart? Because I, I know you. <laughs> I created you. I'm just waiting for you to create opportunity for me to speak. But you can only do that if you're devoted to him. Because if it's a duty or a burden, eventually it's going to stop. But why am I doing this? This ain't really working out for me. This is so hard. That's duty. That's religion. Devotion says, I don't care what the outside circumstances look like. I'm devoted to the Lord. I don't care what the enemy throws at me. My devotion is to the Lord. Whether good times or bad, I'm devoted to the Lord. Because I know just like these bad times are here, good times are on the way. And I know that it may be dark right now, but light is coming in the morning. Joy is coming in the morning. Why? Because I'm devoted to God and he will never leave me nor forsake me. He's always with me. Even if I don't feel like he is, he is right there with me every step 
of the way. All I have to do is call out for him. You know, sometimes we walk through stuff and we feel like, God, why, why don't you, you act like you don't know what's going on. He said, I'm right here. Just call out my name. Just cry out for me. I'm right here. I never left you. You left me. <laughs> He's like, I'm right here. Just cry out to me. Why? Because he wants your devotion. Devotion, y'all. How do you overcome religion? Devotion. Be devoted to the word. Be devoted to prayer. Be devoted to your spouse. Be devoted to your family and be devoted to your church. And I promise you, you will live a life of so much purpose that you can't even contain yourself. You're going to be telling everybody, oh, let me tell you about what's going on in my life. Why? Because the joy will begin to overflow because of your devotion. But if it's a duty or a burden, you ain't telling nobody nothing. Why? Because you, it's all about me. It's all about me. And if it's not involving me and what I have going on, I don't want it to. When it's all about you, you don't have time to talk about God. Look at my latest accomplishments. Look what I've achieved. Look what I've done. It's all about me. It's, no, no. It's not about me. It's about my devotion to God. And he will make room for me and he will open up doors for me that I'm like, how do I get in this place right now? Why? Because I've been devoted to the Lord. And because I've been faithful to him, he's going to be faithful to me in every season. In every season of life, he's going to be faithful to me because I've made a commitment. I'm going to be devoted to the Lord. Amen? Amen. Y'all give the Lord a hand cup of praise this morning. Devotion. The Lord wants us all to be devoted to him. It's our devotion. Man, let's just pray. Holy Spirit, I thank you right now for the word. I thank you, Lord, that you've given us a fresh perspective of what devotion really is. Lord, that we would go back to our first love. That when, don't let it be that our excitement and our passion for you was better when we first got saved than it is right now. I pray right now that each and every day, each and every week, each and every month and year, as we grow closer to you, Lord God, that our devotion to you becomes stronger, our love from you becomes deeper, Lord God, and our heart becomes more open to the things that you have for us to do and to speak to us clearly, Lord God, because we've made a commitment to be devoted to you. And I thank you for all of these areas, Lord God, that, that we should be devoted to devotion to prayer. Give us a greater devotion for prayer. Give us an appetite and hunger for prayer and for your word, Lord God. Let it not be a duty or a chore, but let it be out of the love and devotion of our heart. I pray for marriages right now, Lord God, that marriages are being healed and restored. I thank you that marriages, Lord God, that the conversation, the prioritizing, Lord God, and the covering in marriages will be greater than it's ever been before. I thank you for families. I bind the enemy that will try to hinder and come in and break up and and bring distractions or, or, or tear up families, Lord God. But I just speak right now healing. I speak right now restoration over families, Lord God. Broken marriages, broken families. I speak restoration and healing right now in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord God, for our devotion to the church. Lord, that as we come together as believers, Lord God, we could do awesome things for the kingdom of God. I thank you, Lord God, even at you know, our, our mission statement, united by truth developed in relationships to reach the world around us. And as we're doing these things, as we're united by the truth of the word of God, as we're developed in the relationships, Lord, that we will be used mightily, Lord God, to reach the world around us in our jobs, 
in our neighborhoods, in our communities, Lord God, in this city, in this state, in this region, that we will make a global impact for the kingdom of God, all because we made a decision. I am devoted to the Lord. And I thank you for it right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Y'all give the Lord another hand clap of praise. Devotion, you can bow your heads and close your eyes one more time. I want to give a final invitation. And that's for anyone that, man, we talked about devotion. We talked about spending time with the Lord and his word and his presence and prayer. But you realize, man, I don't have a relationship with the Lord at all. But after hearing this word, I, man, I want to come in right relationship with the Lord. I wanted to make sure that without a shadow of a doubt, my name is written in the Lamb Book of Life. I want to make sure that I am in covenant relationship with the Lord, that I'm truly devoted to him. If that's you, with no one looking around, maybe you online, you're watching, and you say, man, I want to make a fresh commitment to serve the Lord. I want to be devoted to the Lord for all the days of my life. If that's you, you want to come into right relationship with the Lord. Maybe you served him at one point and you strayed away, but you want to come back. Whether if this falls under, if you fall under any of those categories, I want to pray with you. And I'm just going to ask you with no one looking around just to slip up your hand, just to acknowledge between you and God that says, I want to be right in right relationship with you. If that's you, just lift your hand. I want to come into right relationship with the Lord. Amen. Amen. I'm just asking everyone just to place their hand over their heart and just repeat this after me. Say, Holy Spirit. Thank you for this moment, for this is my moment to come into right relationship with you. I thank you for the price that you paid on the cross just for me. Lord, you love me enough to lay down your life willingly for my sin. And I thank you and I receive your love and I receive your forgiveness. And I promise that I will be devoted to you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, y'all give those a hand clap that prayed that prayer. And whether you're in the room or you online and made that decision, congratulations. That is the greatest decision that you will ever make in your life. And if you're in the room and you made that decision in the seat back in front of you, there's a card that says, let's connect. On the back of it, it says, I made a decision. Just fill that out, drop it in the offering bucket on the way out, and we would love to connect with you and pray. But also, if you're online, just drop a comment in the comment section. Let us know that you made that decision. We'd love to pray with you as well. Let's give it up one more time for those that made that decision to follow God. Well, that was week four of Move That Mountain, Moving the Mountain of Religion. We'd love to invite you out this Wednesday at 630 for prayer. Also, on October 30th, we're going to have water baptisms. Water baptisms are happening right after service. So if you'd love to be a part of that, if you're watching online, just email us at info at newlifemobile.org. Just email us, say, let us know that you're interested in being water baptized, and we'll reach out and connect with you. Also, uh, before you go online, if you're prepared to give, there's a couple ways that you could do that. You could go to our website, which is newlifemobile.org. On the homepage, there's a tab that says give online. You could give that way. You could download our app, and you can give on our app, or you can uh, mail in a check or money order. But we're going to pray for the tithes for those of you who are online and prepared to give. Then we're going to dismiss you guys. Lord, I thank you for the tithe today, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that you're blessing your people. I thank you, Lord God, that there's no lack. 
Lord, I pray that, that we're living in the overflow, Lord God, of blessing, that you're providing everything that we need and that we look to you as our source of, Lord God, of blessing, of financial prosperity, that everything that we need, that it comes solely for you. And I thank you for it, that you bless what's coming in the house today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in with us this, uh, this Sunday morning. Again, I want to invite you out to prayer this Wednesday at 630 and also for church next Sunday at 10 a.m. We love you guys. Hope you have a great, great week.